there is a possibility if the quasar is big enough it can be brighter than the entire galaxy but mm-hmm. then yes that is the possibility where uh, your milky way and your andromeda are going to collide into each other okay mm-hmm. they are going to form a galaxy named milkomeda that they have named it the information total amount of quantum information that is there in the universe mm-hmm. okay is conserved okay. it doesn't go anywhere it doesn't mm-hmm. go anywhere it just mm-hmm. stays there so uh, we deal with three dimensions okay but in the quantum realm uh, when we talk about that uh, we have we deal with the nine dimensions in total whenever i started reading about all these things i i had never come across all these things in my school or college or whenever mm. i've learned physics you know hey everyone my name is ranak back with another episode this is eighth episode in let's talk series today the guest of honor is mr aditya vatak so today's episode is going to be about his area of interest that is the space exploration so he has been constantly reading a lot of books and articles regarding the space exploration and he would today like to share some insights about the questions with the space so astronomy and cosmology has been one of his favorite things to read apart from that he has been contributing being the founder of a startup and he is a mechanical engineer from university of mumbai So this podcast is not only on the YouTube but also in the audio formats on Spotify and Anchor. Links to those will be down in the description box. There are also timestamps available for the YouTube video in the description box as well. If you like my content please subscribe to my YouTube channel or follow my podcast on Spotify. So let us now get started with the podcast. Hope you all enjoy it. Starting with our first question. So where this space yeah. exploration of yours began? Where was the like what uh-huh. was the moment when it started? Okay, so I remember as a kid, I had gone to a Nehru Planetarium, and that's what got me fascinated actually about it. You know, because if you've been to a planetarium, you obviously know that everything over there is perfect. You know, mm. inside a dome, you see the stars, you get the information about them, and that is good enough to uh, fascinate a kid. I guess that's yes. that's how it all started. and uh, obviously the things that you deal with in astronomy are pretty much pretty much awesome than the other things i think so yeah that's how i got attracted to astronomy mm. and uh, talking about uh, the things with the telescope so you have been fortunate to use a telescope so i would like to ask oh, you yes, that what have. yeah so i would like to ask you what form of celestial bodies or any cosmic objects you have spot using the telescope oh a lot of them actually when you you start the star gazing or the viewing mm. okay so uh, for the amateur astronomers like me okay so they have really simplified these things okay so there is something known as a messier catalog where 110 okay. objects are there okay mm. and uh these objects have the pretty good apparent magnitude so which are uh, easily <clears throat> easily visible through your telescopes you know you don't even need to have the costlier telescope and anything like that so pretty much visible and if with a good reflector like the one i have okay we can easily uh, you know see these things in the sky obviously depending on the light pollution since mm-hmm. we live in a city 
and we encounter a lot a lot of light pollution every day so mm-hmm. keeping that apart if you'll go to a darker place yes obviously you, you'll be able to see these and many of them with your naked eyes also oh yeah and uh, talking about the uh, kuiper belt so let's say that uh, beyond our solar system there are many uh, interstellar observations yeah. so have you came across any of those objects which are outside the oort cloud or kuiper belt oh all well, many of them actually uh we have photographed the owl nebula we have photographed the running man nebula we have the orion nebula then uh, the cigar galaxy we mm. can see the honeycomb cluster many many such things andromeda galaxy for that matter or the uh leads if you're talking about the clusters mm-hmm. so many objects are outside the super uh, belt you know in fact uh, apart from the planets all the objects that you see are uh, away from the super belt only having said about the some of the objects that you spoke of let us now have a word of you on the orion constellation so so yes orion yeah. constellation uh, i think it's a near and dear one of uh, many astronomers rather a major astronomers at least like me so mm-hmm. it's the most uh, visible constellation i would say you know mm-hmm. you can see it from even from the city lights you can see it from the darker places from city lights obviously you see the not the whole constellation the whole constellation is pretty big you know Mm-hmm. and uh, then it also has to uh, like orion the concept of orion is the orion was orion is a hunter basically you know mm-hmm. where uh, the bull is charging on orion and orion is uh, standing there with the shield in his hand and one hand on the top with a uh, weapon holding on that exactly and the uh, the three belts uh, sorry the three stars that you see across the orion okay in between mm-hmm. those are the orion's belts and there below that you see orion's dagger as well mm-hmm. then it has got a shield and the two hunting dogs canis major and canis minor mm-hmm. so canis major and canis minor are not really the part of orion but then they are associated with orion we can say you know because orion mm-hmm. is a hunter and he has two dogs kind of a thing mm-hmm. the mythology goes that way okay. you know the orion uh, in hindu mythology if you see the Orion is uh, named as a you know a deer with four uh, four stars as the four feet and the arrow which is there in the deer's body like that the orion mm-hmm. belt so it changes according to the uh, you know the mythology or the place to place i can say exactly mm. Mm. so uh, when we talk about orion anyone is going to talk about the betelgeuse and considering its oh, life yeah. cycle okay so first let us talk about the life cycle of a star right before hopping on to the betelgeuse uh, supernova so about on that so uh, life cycle of a star is a pretty uh, interesting topic i would say you know because uh, it totally depends on uh, the size of the star and the thing which it came from you know so mm-hmm. basically uh when uh, there are open clusters of the stars or whatever okay so there due to the gravitational abnormality we, we can say okay or the mm-hmm. uh, there there are some changes in gravity and mm-hmm. that's how uh, the stars uh, the gases actually 
they start forming a nucleus oh. due to the gravity mm-hmm. so you can say kind of that if you will blow the smoke or if you will see the smoke the smoke wants to go away okay mm. but what happens in a nebula okay where the stars are born okay mm-hmm. so whenever the star, uh, whenever uh, there is the gas cloud which is bursting okay mm. the gas wants to go away but the gravity wants to hold it together okay so whenever such thing happens the uh, the hydrogen basically okay it mm-hmm. starts combining together due okay. to the gravity and mm-hmm. then it the process goes on happening and uh, the hydrogen fusion starts taking place oh. due to which the temperature at the core starts really really increasing and mm-hmm. it starts fusing the hydrogen around it that's mm-hmm. how the star is born the younger okay. star is much smaller in size with a much uh, smaller amount of uh, energy producing it produces mm. very smaller amount of energy but then as it goes on increasing uh, mm-hmm. it depends on like uh, when the star is one there are actually three you can get the three different types of stars you know there could be a massive star the uh, blue and white star we can say a blue mm. and uh, so basically when we talk about blue and white star uh, in orion itself there is one star known as rigel okay hmm. so actually across the betelgeuse if you'll see you'll see one uh, whitish star very brightly shining you know that's the mm-hmm. rigel which is the blue colored star. the blue and white colored yes hmm. you can say i think it okay. is the brightest so, star of orion rigel no the brightest star of orion is still betelgeuse so every constellation uh, has alpha beta gamma stars like that okay according mm-hmm. to their luminosity and size exactly betelgeuse is the alpha star of orion then we come to uh, rigel the beta star then the bellatrix gamma star so it goes on like that mm-hmm. you know so uh, betelgeuse here is a red giant okay so we'll come mm-hmm. to that so uh, it forms uh, initially uh, the three things uh, three types of stars are formed okay so basically uh, there is a massive blue and white star mm-hmm. then uh, there is a low mass star you can say where like our sun is okay uh-huh. our sun is not a very big star exactly. and then there are brown dwarfs brown dwarfs are basically very very small stars with no solar systems or whatever they mm-hmm. are just there okay uh-huh. so when a massive star okay mm. so what starts to happen is uh, at the core the temperatures are really really high mm. okay nearly 15 million degrees celsius we are mm. talking about okay so due to the nuclear fusion this thing happens obviously at one moment what happens is uh, the fusion the core where the fusion reaction is happening all the at uh, hydrogen around it okay mm. it becomes uh it gets consumed and it becomes uh, forms the helium core mm. okay so yes. helium does not easily react okay so the reaction there stops mm-hmm. okay at that time what happens the core of the temperature of the core starts heating up the helium core again mm-hmm. and again the hydrogen around the helium core starts reacting mm-hmm. again the star gets uh, its energy and that's how the size of the stars uh, stars starts increasing you know mm-hmm. so after massive star we have something known as 
द रेड सुपर जायंट द मास्टर स्टार टर्न्स इनटू अ रेड सुपर जायंट ओके एग्जैक्टली सो या सो बिटल जूस इज राइट नाउ इन द रेड सुपर जायंट स्टेज ओके सो आफ्टर रेड सुपर जायंट ओके व्हेन देयर इज देयर इज नॉट इनफ फ्यूल इन द स्टार टू यू नो स्टार्ट डिफ्यूजन अगेन ओके the gravity sort of overpowers okay mm-hmm. to the reaction mm-hmm. whenever before that the both the forces cancel each other but mm-hmm. after a moment when this the nuclear force goes away the gravity starts to really really uh, what uh, gravity starts to dominate basically mm-hmm. and the star it starts collapsing the starts uh, star, the core of the star it starts collapsing in the, itself mm-hmm. and after that at one moment such thing happens that under the immense pressure the mm. uh, star is like it's just burst out into a supernova mm. okay supernovas uh, that's what we were talking about actually uh, when the, the this thing betelgeuse has lost its luminosity so exactly. we all were happy that it is there is a possibility that it can go a supernova in our lifetimes or not that was mm. a really hot topic of 2019 we can say but then uh, nothing that sort is or like nothing like that is happening actually mm-hmm. so belletric uh, sorry not belletric the uh, this thing your betelgeuse is not going supernova in our lifetime that means <laughs> and think. even if it like uh, so, even if it happens at the moment it will be witness after like mm-hmm. many thousand years because it is very far from us approximately yeah. yes so very, i don't think our generation might be fortunate enough to see it no 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 no, no. i don't think so <laughs> and But if after we are fortunate the explosion, enough then a, mm-hmm. some short range of gamma radiation might be exerted into the atmosphere uh, no actually after supernova i'll tell you uh, there are three possibilities that could happen mm-hmm. either it could be a supernova remnant which is a type of a nebula mm-hmm. okay it could go into that state or it could go into a black hole mm-hmm. you know the supernova can turn into a black hole mm-hmm. the supermassive it it always happens with the red supergiant only it, yes the other stars don't go uh like they don't turn into black holes then mm. two black holes combine and they become the supermassive black hole that is a different thing altogether mm-hmm. okay but your regular stars uh, we don't have the chance to become <laughs> black hole like mm. the sun doesn't stand a chance to become a black hole okay so i also even uh, came across this theory that the surface temperatures when a star is mm. in the supergiant phase comparatively mm-hmm. cooler cooler as than to, yes yes of course uh, when it is in the hydrogen fusion and also uh, the one you talked about the black hole i came across this mm-hmm. uh, one article where it was stated that uh, the way the helium core uh, mm-hmm. goes on becoming more dense and dense and dense so it be- converts into silicon and then iron and once after iron mm-hmm. it is forced to uh, compress yeah. due to its gravity it becomes a black hole gravity itself exactly hmm so the density of the object itself so i'll tell you i'll into... tell you how... mm-hmm. 
yes yes the density of the object that's what hmm so uh, you know so black holes when they are uh, fed around with the stardust and many more things you know mm-hmm. so uh, if you have if you have uh, heard about uh, or came across this term quasars mm-hmm. you know the black holes the supermassive black holes only supermassive black holes okay they turn into quasars mm-hmm. okay with the uh, yeah with the accretion disk around them and the jets of uh, gamma radiations just going through their poles Mm. and then uh, i the depending on that either the black holes and or from the supernovas it can go into the neutron stars as well you mm-hmm. know so the neutron stars neutron stars are pretty dense stars basically very small in size mm. you know so uh, they have a very much like they are very dense and very small and then they have the ability to turn themselves into pulsars okay mm. pulsars are another uh, celestial bodies that we have come across okay so pulsars basically they uh, revolve around them quite uh, quite uh, like what's the word quite swiftly they revolve around themselves you know okay. so uh, like we are talking about uh, uh, Seven thousand revolutions around them per second or so. Oh, that fast. Yes, and that's how that's how uh, they have very strong magnetic field around them because mm-hmm, of such mm-hmm. uh, revolve. They revolve in such high uh, magnitude, you know. So mm-hmm. they have the yeah. So they have the magnetic pulse, uh, magnetic fields around them, and mm-hmm. that's why they also shoot the electromagnetic waves. Oh. The, uh, uh, like the electromagnetic electromagnetically charged waves we can say from mm-hmm. their poles they also shoot them you know on both mm-hmm. the ends like that then uh, so this is the life story of uh, your massive star or uh, the red giant we can say mm-hmm. you know then we come across this low mass stars like sun and all you know Mm. so uh, just to give you a comparison if we are talking about a red giant if we are mm. talking about a betelgeuse for that matter if we place it near the sun mm. okay it will engulf the uh, our asteroid belt also <laughs> you know it's <laughs> that huge it's exactly. that huge mm. okay so red giants are pretty big than our suns and betelgeuse itself it's a pretty giant star then uh, we come we come to the low mass stars okay like our suns and all they mm. becomes the red giants they don't get the, they don't become the red super giants okay mm. the process is same basically on the smaller scale mm. you know so uh, that is the only case so here there we are dealing with a much larger star initially only that's why it turns into the red super giant here we are dealing mm. with a smaller star comparatively so it turns into red giant okay then a red giants always end up when they when they uh, like burst out they never become supernovas they mm-hmm. become the planetary nebulas okay okay planetary nebulas are much smaller in size like the crab nebula if you're talking about mm-hmm. them, a major one object okay then that planetary neb- from that planetary nebula we get the white dwarf the smaller star okay mm-hmm. like a neutron star but it can't do pretty much and then 
it eventually turns into a black dot mm. okay then we do get the binary dot stars also so binary white dots are basically the stars which are roaming around and uh, uh, the white dots also they have the uh, knack of roaming around very fastly so we get the binary dot star white dot stars so uh, there is a bigger star and there is a binary dot star behind that so we see this uh, uh, what the combination as well okay mm-hmm. and then yeah ultimately that white dot also turns into either a nova or a type 1 supernova we call it okay not mm. type 2 is the, the way the super giant turns into type 2 supernova it's not like that it's a type 1 supernova much smaller than mm-hmm. that and then the after that we just have the brown stars which are pretty much useless they don't have anything of them on of their own so they just are there that's it so this is where uh, many theories are proposed by many astronomers like they say that if our sun itself becomes a super giant the entire human civilization will be transferred to the titan the uh, uh, the star of the saturn <laughs> because uh, that super giant is going to eat planets till the mass itself it is going to engulf yes. them till mars so yes. the favorable If... position to receive the heat will be on the titan and the methane that is right now settling on the titan will be converted into the water converted into water yes <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much pretty much a fairy tale i would say yes because come like what we have right now and mm. i like traveling with the speed of light or with the with the efficiency you know that we can reach to the saturn uh, with the this like shorter period of time mm. i think it's a big task very big task mm. like Hopefully you will have to crossed. you will have to travel with speed of at least the voyager 1 Like sixty thousand exactly. kilometers per hour. At that rate, you can exactly. reach there in your at least one lifetime. One lifetime, <laughs> true that. <laughs> so it is so, very difficult. If we think, if we think like moving right now also, so we have to we have to make sure that one entire generation will thrive on that one ship only. They will complete the journey towards our uh, to uh, to the Saturn. Exactly. And. <laughs> If you have seen no. the movie Wall-E, you will be. They have the spaceships like that. And <laughs> <laughs> now, anyway. talking about the Betelgeuse itself. So after Betelgeuse, so the next question mm-hmm. that comes is now. Let us talk a little bit about the nebula in the first place, mm-hmm. right before we hop on to the other questions. So. so you said that you were fortunate enough to spot the crab nebula so can you mm. give a small explanation of what really a nebula is in the first place so yeah like the way we discussed right now okay mm. the nebulas are formed from the gases of a di- uh, dead star like the dead star okay the gases moved out from the dead star the stardust the star material the material from the star that we are getting and uh, all the lighter elements lighter elements when we say that means the, they have the atomic numbers less than 11 mm-hmm. okay 
so we find we do find the other uh, remnants also depending on that star what it what how the core was made or whatever okay mm. it totally depends on that but then uh nebulas in the layman terms as i said the factories of a uh, star you know where the stars are born mm so yeah so uh, depending on the star's explosion actually and the size of the star from where it has come okay uh, there are several types of uh, nebulas that we can see there is a reflection nebula then there is a supernova obviously supernova remnant then there is a dark nebula Mm. then we have uh, the planetary nebula okay so mm. uh, different different types of nebulas we have then we have the emission nebula as well okay mm-hmm. so the ant nebula is an emission nebula actually so and this is, uh, mm-hmm. yeah yeah go ahead what were you saying i was actually going to talk a little bit about cat's eye nebula but uh, you continue okay mm. so um uh, a uh, cat's eye nebula looks so nice because uh, because of its image actually it mm-hmm. has been it hasn't captured in that way it, <laughs> it is not the actual image uh, they have uh, pictured it in infrared that's why it looks pretty awesome that way mm. the image which you usually find about cat's eye nebula so uh, uh types different types of nebula as we discussed okay so mm-hmm. uh, depending on the explosion that thing totally happens and we have uh, like in orion itself if you are talking about uh, we see three different uh, nebulas in orion you know mm. uh, the orion nebula itself the running man nebula so uh, different different uh, types of nebula and orion and running man nebulas are pretty much visible with your naked eye you know uh. if you are in a yeah if you are in a dark sky if you have the dark sky or you are in a darker place okay Mm-hmm. you see the you see the nebula, running man and the orion nebula with the naked eye very easily you can spot mm-hmm. them near the dagger the so, fasc- yeah hmm. no word word the fascinating things of that uh, i come across this uh, nebula is very shocking and that is its size so considering hmm. now let us take into assumption our uh, cat's eye nebula i think it is said that it is 2 million kilometers in diameter like yes that is the so, size of it a light years is it yeah. 2 million light years yeah 2 million light years i think light years of not yeah. kilometers so uh, so the thing is what you know as i told you before the it's nothing but the cloud of gas you know mm. the gas wants to spread the density of the nebula is not as much as a planet or a star okay mm. uh, maybe a more than planet but not for sure not as a star okay mm. because uh, the volume that we are dealing with okay mm. and if we see the uh, mass of that uh, thing then it's different but then uh, that's it. that is the beautiful part of it you know because the blasting the blast that it has gone through mm. you know when the star is blast okay it has gone the supernova or whatever okay and mm-hmm. after that when it the nebula forms okay mm-hmm. so at that time the gases and the stardust and everything it just scatters around mm-hmm. and that's why you see such insane sizes of uh, nebula so that gives you the idea you can imagine how massive that explosion must have been mm-hmm. 
so yes. that's the best part about it if you if you remember that uh, a few years ago we were talking about the ligo you mm-hmm. know that the device uh, or the setup actually where mm-hmm. we can uh, actually detect the gravitational waves oh. okay yeah so uh, something that had happened around 400 million light years ago okay mm-hmm. away sorry not ago 400 light uh, 400 million light years away okay mm. the two uh, the uh, two uh, black holes were merged into each other to form a supermassive black hole mm. you know and that ripples that it had sent in the uh, space time fabric according mm-hmm. to einstein okay that reached us like in 2016 or 17 we would, oh. we were able to detect that we were able to detect those mm. so you can you can just imagine the scale of all these things happening i think exactly yeah you can you can't ever think even think of replicating these things in lab or whatever because these are just beyond our understanding i would mm. say or beyond our cap- capabilities for sure exactly So now uh, you already spoke about the quasars. So those are mm-hmm. the uh, rings around the supermassive black holes. But now let us talk about a little bit on the pulsars itself. Okay, so I am not aware of that concept very much. So I would uh, uh, like to have your one word. Yeah. So you said they revolve around like seven thousand times per. So the hmm. so no a neutron star which revolves around uh, itself. Okay. that master mm-hmm. turns into a pulsar okay okay ha okay yeah so uh, even if even we are talking about the quasars mm-hmm. the base of the quasar is nothing but a black hole a supermassive black hole yeah okay so whenever two galaxies combine with uh, like uh, uh, collide with each other or something like that happens mm-hmm. you know so the uh, amount of debris we can say okay mm. uh, that is created the supermassive black hole starts uh, you know engulfing the whole thing mm. okay at such speeds it does it takes place okay so uh, it again it create that accretion ring around it you know mm-hmm. and so much so much uh, uh, this thing is there so it creates the gamma radiations around it Mm. and then you see the jets of gamma also going out of both uh, both the poles mm. from it you know mm-hmm. so uh, the base of uh, your uh, this thing your well, uh, uh, quasi stellar objects or quasars okay mm. is a black hole and when we are talking about the pulsars the uh, base of it is nothing but a neutron star mm-hmm. So, so these are know. actually termed as the uh not i would say cosmic objects but as termed as cause and effects of the cosmic objects like you can pulsar, say that yeah because a pulsar you as you say are the mm. effect of a revolution of a neutron star it is not an yes. object by its own that is something no. I, yeah 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 you can say that you can say that and the best part about quasars is actually uh if quasars are they are still alive like we mm-hmm. have a supermassive black hole at the core of milky way 
yeah okay but it has not gone uh, quasar it yet rather it was like there are uh, people are saying that it was the quasar in the uh, past and now it will again start its process when mm. the andromeda and milky way are going to collide to each other mm. okay that is the one predicted event that is going to happen okay around yes. north or wherever that around 10 million years from now but yeah. then yes that is the possibility where uh, your milky way and your andromeda are going to collide into each other okay mm. they are going to form a galaxy named milkumeda that they have named it <laughs> and then yeah no it's not named it really uh. they have named it milkumeda and then uh, at that time uh, the two black holes that uh, sorry the black hole which is there in the center of your our milky way mm. it will again go uh, in the processelar state because mm-hmm. it will have the debris around it to uh, eat and all and mm. the thing is uh, we we uh, we sp- we have spotted the quasars at insane distances mm. as as like distances as huge as you can say uh, 4 billion light years away and all okay oh. so yeah insane distances mm. and those distance it is possible because there is a possibility if the quasar is big enough it can be brighter than the entire galaxy oh yes so quasars are basically what what can we say the superstars of exactly. <laughs> superstars of our space uh, we can say because, because uh, uh, hmm. no no they can outshine they can uh, they like they capable of outshining the entire galaxy you know mm. so wherever yeah so uh, wherever there is a quasar there is a galaxy mm. for sure and if you are able to see the quasar itself which is still alive or feeding mm. and you are not able to see the galaxy that gives you the whole picture true because uh, considering the black hole in the middle of the milky way the sagittarius a is already i think a supermassive black hole in the first it is place. a supermassive black hole yes it is yes. a supermassive black hole and if this hypothetical assumption that a galaxy that is like 2.5 million light years away at the moment mm. collides there is a possibility yes. that a more bigger supermassive black hole will be created which is i think yeah. going to eat a lot of uh, constellations in the very short span of time i'm not wrong if i'm not wrong the largest black hole as i mentioned the messier catalog they mm. have the new general catalog okay so everyone has the cambridge has their own uh, catalog and everything like that okay so they everyone has made their own things okay mm. but the massive uh, like uh, worldwide used mainly are the messier object a messier catalogs like the people like me use and mm. then there are the ngcs you know where where mm-hmm. astronomers and astrophysicists actually refer the this thing so and if they found something new they uh, categorize that thing properly into that mm. but i read that that the biggest black hole that is available is like 4 billion times 40 billion times than our sun 40 billion yeah. times pretty, than our pretty, sun pretty huge mm. so it can actually you know devour not just, just Mm. we are talking about the size just imagine its mass in solar masses and the density that we will mm. be dealing with 
if we come across that yes oh my god this unbelievable <laughs> so actually we are talking a lot about the black holes where this hmm. was one of the question so now let us take this question up a notch and talk about the properties of the black holes that you have came across like uh, let us talk about event horizon and everything so not just a standard um, definition of a black hole like how it is created but uh, more sort of okay. the things about its discoveries so uh, obviously uh, black holes are black holes can be uh, the most unknown objects uh, in the universe i can say you know mm. according to like in my opinion because uh, the only thing we know about the black holes is that uh, there is a event horizon mm-hmm. and inside there is a singularity mm-hmm. that's it right. now when we see when we say singularity singularity is a pretty generalized term in the mathematics i would say you exactly so yeah the singularity is uh, not just uh, associated with the black hole mm. you know if you if you are dealing something like dividing something with the zero okay mm. even that that can uh, take the whole equation into singularity exactly the singularity is nothing but in layman's term the inability of the current mathematics Mm. okay where we have no uh, explanation to that particular phenomena why it is happening mm. okay like np completeness Because problems exactly mm. you know yeah so uh, here here we are not capable or not evolved enough we have not evolved math you know to mm. uh, solve these problems yet okay mm. because <clears throat> many things are there like if we are talking about um, what i can say okay if you are talking about something as einstein rosen bridge okay mm-hmm. so uh, that thing that we haven't found out uh, really in the nature or in the space okay mm. we don't till date know that whether they exist or no but they do exist on the paper the math mm. supports it exactly okay mm. but when we talk about the black holes okay here mm. we for sure know that things are happening but we don't know how they are happening exactly you know? mm. so uh, yeah pretty much a mysterious object i would say mm. the event horizon is where uh, event horizon is where the uh, your regular laws of physics Mm. they start uh, they start disobeying oh you know exactly. the fundamental physics the classical mechanics that we know mm. okay newtonian physics it doesn't work beyond that mm. it doesn't work beyond that okay exactly. and that's where that's where uh, we are helpless because uh, there are like quantum theories are there and many other things are there but mm-hmm. not all of them are proved or i would say as evolved as the classical mechanics or classical physics that we know you know true mm. where yeah where uh, we deal with the forces like electromagnetism gravity and all mm. sorts of things you know but the the 
amount of information we have about these forces we mm. don't have that much about the uh, forces or the processes that we go through in the quantum mechanics or uh, any other thing you mm. know so that's why we haven't yet developed uh, something which can give us the answers for the mm. same true so uh, yeah so basically we don't have the math to prove it mm. so something that fascinates me uh, about the black holes is that it is able to absorb the light so the only three yeah. physics properties that actually come into picture are angular momentum the gravity and electron mm. charge so if something that can easily absorb a photon which is the fastest mm. i would say observable element not element observable yeah. phenomena in the universe phenomena so yeah able to it absorb it so it yeah. is extreme definitely uh, it is definitely extreme yes beyond event horizon uh, we don't see any light okay mm. even though if you have seen the picture of a black hole which came in 2019 okay you see mm. the gravitational lensing is happening over there so gravitational lensing is basically the warped uh, uh, space time fabric you you can uh, you you're able to see in that image particularly mm. you know so uh, it's pretty much fascinating that way because uh, something that dense with such a huge mass which mm. can totally warp your uh, space time fabric you know mm. and has such immense gravity that it can't even escape the light you know exactly so yes so uh, there uh, there is something very interesting known as the black hole information paradox mm-hmm. you know so uh, there is there is something known as the quantum information okay? okay so each and every particle that you see lying around you has a quantum mm. information so mm. quantum information is what basically the uh, particles that it has so we are talking about the properties like uh, the velocity of the object the velocity of the particle then spin on that particle then the mm. position of that particle and many such things okay mm. so uh, this information you cannot destroy no matter what okay mm-hmm. so this information cannot be destroyed in the nature that's the fundamental law of your physics okay mm. the information cannot be destroyed and something like uh, whenever the information or let's say something enter whenever something enters the black hole okay mm-hmm. so there is no possible way that the information it has taken with itself we can retrieve that okay at least mm-hmm. till now mm. okay there is no such way or such math that we can say that it is going to retrieve that okay and the basic law of the vital law of uh, physics is what you know the information total amount of quantum information that is there in the universe hmm. okay is conserved okay. it doesn't go anywhere it doesn't hmm. go anywhere it just hmm. stays there okay yes, even yes. if the object is destroyed okay mm-hmm. and if we have that information about that particular object it is possible to recreate that object mm. 
obviously hmm. mathematically no one has done yes, it yes, yes, yes. Uh, in okay so uh, this these things are these are the vital laws of physics and mm. whenever we are dealing with a black hole these laws are completely destroyed you mm. know we cannot uh, deal with something like that where uh, the physics is no longer obeying its own laws mm. you know and you know, sorry the universe is no longer obeying its own laws and uh, then comes uh, in the picture is the theory uh, proposed by stephen hawking okay mm-hmm. where he talks about the hawking radiation mm-hmm. so hawking radiation is nothing but uh, the event he says that uh, this thing your black hole it lo- keeps losing it ma- its mass okay Okay. very 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 on a very yeah on a very quantum state on a very smaller amount of mass it takes a lot and lot of time to lose the mass but okay. it does eventually mm-hmm. okay and if uh, the this thing your mass is lost okay mm-hmm. okay that means the information is lost your information from the event horizon yeah okay it's just gone mm-hmm. so you it cannot be destroyed but mm-hmm. we have seen this that the black holes are losing their mass mm-hmm. so how is this happening mm-hmm. that's the whole yeah that's the whole paradox is all about you know because it is losing the mass as well so it is losing the information as well which is there on the event horizon Mm-hmm. okay the the thing which enters inside is, we cannot uh, re- like retrieve that anyway but exactly. people uh, like astrophysicists claim that that the information the object which enters the black hole mm-hmm. okay the information the, its information stays the quantum information and i'm referring to information that means the quantum information okay mm-hmm. so quantum information stays on the event horizon okay and and what uh, stephen hawking has proved that it loses its mass from the event horizon mm-hmm. okay the the hawking radiation it radiates basically and that's where the whole thing comes in the picture that then how these two things are happening at the same time mm. how can universe disobey its own laws around this one particular <laughs> mysterious object we can say true so i actually read about this yeah. in his book now i am able to recall it uh, in that book mm. he also uh, gave an example that if you burn a book and mm. and after it is burned the ashes if you are able to determine in what vector spaces or dimensions those particles of ashes were formed right you can retrieve that information right. by backtracing it yes. so it is like a time warp that's, exactly that's when i when i refer to the the term known as quantum information i am referring to that only mm-hmm. now i get it now it actually makes sense because at yes. that point of time i got that one point and i was pondering about it because i was quite stuck with the singularity of the black hole because 
it is right. said that singularity is disobeying all the laws of the physics and it is also mm. said that the big bang happened in the singularity after the singularity so we were formed yes. from the singularity so if a one black hole mm. is transpiring to the uh, singularity the principle mm. uh, the information to the singularity does it really mean that there is some another universe observable universe formed like a big bang might happen in that singularity and a different mm. and we we are the our observable universe of 45 billion light years is it also mm-hmm. one of the uh, byproducts of singularity of some other black hole in other universe so this was the thing <laughs> i was uh, thinking about actually actually uh, there is one very inf- uh, interesting uh, theory about it if you will see the theory of parallel worlds you know or the parallel mm-hmm. universes mm-hmm. so people so usually there are three mathematical models that we we'll talk about here okay mm. so one of them is known as uh, the bubble universe so okay. bubble universe is nothing but bubble universe is nothing but uh, the same thing that we spoke about right now mm. okay so that every uh, black hole uh, has a singularity and from there the universe is born and all that okay mm-hmm. that is one theory that we deal with the other theory which i think is a little bit sensible according to me okay mm-hmm. like in my mm-hmm. opinion totally mm-hmm. so uh, in quantum mechanics uh, physicists say that there are nine dimensions okay mm-hmm. so uh, when we when we see the classical mechanics or we when we see around okay we deal with three three dimensions every day we are the beings of 3d universe mm. okay so uh, we deal with three dimensions okay but in the quantum realm uh, when we talk about that uh, we have we deal with the nine dimensions in total mm-hmm. okay so there each dimension uh, they're saying that on each dimension if we see uh, in the cartesian sign form sort mm-hmm. not cartesian cartesian would be three dimensional actually something sort of a cartesian sign form we can say if we can move uh, hands at different angles from there okay mm-hmm. so uh in that also we have the different uh pages like a book pages of books mm-hmm. okay and here we have like each book of uh, each page of uh, a book is a different universe mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. with the different possibilities with the different uh everything different outcomes or whatever okay mm. so that is one of the theories that we deal with and the other theory that we deal with is uh the the universe that is or the things that are happening around us are the outcome of our previous actions okay mm, exactly. so uh yeah if we are shooting the podcast now okay that mm. is going to result in something different if we would have slept instead okay mm. without shooting this okay mm. that would have uh, that would have ended up in some different uh, uh, outcome so mm. like that there is a possibility of uh, different things happening at the different times you know <laughs> at the different places as well okay so there is that one theory so three mathematical models that we deal with parallel worlds 
or parallel universes for that matter are mm-hmm. still uh, hypo- like they're still hypothetical i would say uh, so there's this one interesting fact about uh, deja vus as well okay so mm-hmm. uh, whenever you're experiencing a deja vu mm-hmm. so they say that you are uh, you are just like these are there are two parallel universes colliding with each other that's mm-hmm. why you see that even if uh, you haven't been there or whatever but you get a memory like yeah i have been here before or i have experienced this before mm. something like mm. exactly physics is actually i would say quite much more interesting than uh, it is taught to us in the colleges <laughs> oh my god it, like that's another debate that's another podcast for to shoot for sure because because uh i don't think so i have like whenever i started reading about all these things i i had never come across all these things in my school or college or whenever mm. i've learned physics you know and uh, yeah i'm glad that i started reading outside the books which i had because otherwise i would have never came across all these things in my life same so <laughs> now let us uh... talk about the super clusters so we have been talking a lot about the black holes lately yes so now let us talk about the super clusters so we currently reside in there are not under i would say the super cl- inside the virgo super cluster yeah lania kia we call it okay. so uh, the lania kia the name that it has been given okay so mm-hmm. if you'll see the image okay uh, it was mapped by doctor doctor tully yes okay u double l y doctor tully okay so it was mapped by him and if you'll see the image uh, the universe observable universe mapped by doctor tully mm-hmm. you'll find that uh, the similar way uh, if you've seen the images of neurons or a neural network for that mm-hmm. matter Mm. you'll say you'll see the similar pattern in the observable universe okay that we that what he has mapped mm. basically mm. so there there uh, so in that picture one whole 3d image uh, there's there are few uh, parts where there, there are completely black voids and you can't see anything like there's, there's absolutely nothing mm-hmm. and then there are few uh there are few parts where the galaxies and cluster uh, galaxies and everything are like they are packed together okay okay uh, so uh, one interesting image was clicked by hubble telescope actually in the deep mm-hmm. space mm-hmm. okay where uh, where the da- they had taken the data of around 10 days okay and they mm-hmm. had processed it and they found out in that particular region at least 5000 galaxies were there mm we're talking about 5000 galaxies okay okay so yeah so such things uh, where the galaxies come together so basically mm. a star has a has its own uh, planetary uh, this thing the solar if we're talking about that the star has its own system okay the solar okay. system mm-hmm. the solar system form a galaxy mm-hmm. okay the galaxies together form a super cluster mm-hmm. so there are many galaxies the, those are together and 
uh one interesting form about miss uh, dr tali's uh this thing also uh, model also so mm-hmm. he found out that uh there is a point where all the galaxies are attracted to okay, okay. it's the dense the most dense point mm-hmm. uh in the universe okay and he named it the great attractor actually <laughs> okay so uh yes so if i can show you uh, like if you google the great attractor Mm-hmm. you'll find that image also and then you'll come to know what i'm talking about all the mm-hmm. galaxies you'll see the pointed pointed over there it's a 3d model computer generated model of course but then it's pretty much evident that how things are happening mm. i think the superclusters and all the objects that are so far away we can only have the simulations mm-hmm. of those i don't think like even yes. hubble might be able to retrace that amount of light no 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 it's it's really really very difficult with the current technology that we have you mm-hmm. know in future it might be possible as well but then till then i don't think so the things are going to be anything better than this like images and everything in the nearer objects or the objects in our uh, galaxy as well will be able to spot pretty nicely but then uh, apart from the nearby objects the ob- if the of if the object itself is bright enough as we talked about the quasars okay mm. otherwise it is not possible to figure uh, like to map any something like that mm. so now uh, let us talk about the first image of the black hole that was captured okay so what are your point MH27. of view so uh m87 is the is the object that we are talking about m stands for the meteor again mm. so the best part about that is if you'll see the image properly no mm. you will see the as we spoke the gravitational lensing is happening you know around mm. it and mm. why does it hold such a special place in the world i'll tell you because the space time fabric or the image that is that has come out mm-hmm. as a end result mm-hmm. einstein had mathematically predicted that around 100 years ago oh and why it made people happy because if it wouldn't have turned it that way mm-hmm. the 100 years worth of your research your theories and everything would have been would have gone in the vein totally oh. mm-hmm. so so why einstein is the real deal i think mm. that's why the guy knew beyond <laughs> everyone i exactly. think because because uh, even though mathematically when that's where the intuition part comes in you know you have to think if if i have established that the space time fabric is there okay mm. and the denser objects are going to uh, you know denser objects are going to uh, what do we say warp that okay the mm. space time fabric so ha- the gravitational lensing is going to happen and this is how it will be if we ever picture it okay mm. this this whole process has to go through you first you mm. have to validate it in your head first and then only you can put it on paper and tell it to the world 
<laughs> so even though it's such a like if we see that the picture was not clear of course because yeah. <laughs> the first reason it is around 50 million light years away mm. okay the the object itself the black hole m87 okay the even though the image is not clear or it it looks so tiny the core the the shadow part of it the black mm. part of it which we see like uh, all of us have seen the image of course mm. so the black part which we see you know mm. that black part can hold entire solar system of ours it's that huge oh. it is a supermassive black hole oh mm. okay and it weighs around 6.5 billion times of our sun oh <laughs> so uh, yes uh, these all these things are pretty uh, fascinating but the like kudos to the team uh, team who has you know done the whole processing and found out the whole thing mm. it wasn't an easy task and they have done it and now mm. right now also uh, like few few weeks ago the newer image came the more mm. processed one yeah where there were lines yes i think that is the quasar where you see no that is not the quasar actually that is the light bending of the light you know the mm. amount of uh, this thing is happening so actually um, i didn't tell you about this one thing about the quasars okay so uh, since you mentioned the quasars now okay mm. so quasars quasars uh, have different names you know we call mm. them either a radio ga- radio galaxies or the quasars or mm. quasars Okay. Mm. so so it totally depends on how we are seeing them in what angle okay, okay. if we are if we are sitting right in the barrel of the super uh, this thing the output of the jets okay mm. we call it a blazer okay. okay if we are seeing it at an angle okay where mm. we can see the this thing out and as well the acceleration disk mm. then uh, uh, we call it the quasar okay and if we are seeing it at a different angle only like uh, perpendicular to it perpendicular uh-huh. to the jet then we uh-huh. call it a radio galaxy <laughs> oh so three three different names to one object and mm. uh, right uh, you are right actually it's a m87 is uh, uh, this thing because i remember reading about it where it is shooting the this uh, your gamma ray uh, gamma rays uh, from the poles mm. and they are around 200 light years long oh <laughs> <laughs> and that one of them is pointing right at us actually <laughs> oh 200 light so, years it is away yes and that's why when you see uh, that's the uh, that's why you see that uh, when the whole thing when you are seeing if you'll see that particular image you'll see a denser part below the at the lower side of that black hole and mm-hmm. you'll see a slightly uh, less mm. dense part of that fire basically on the top 
तो साइंटिस्ट हैव फिगर आउट आफ्टर ऑब्जर्वेशन दैट दैट इज द गैमा इमेजिन वी आर डीलिंग विथ समथिंग ब्लैक होल्स इट सेल्फ नाउ लेट अस कम टू दर्मोल थियरी सो आई वु लाइक युअर पॉइंट ऑफ व्यू ऑन इट सो अबाउट दर्मोल्स so uh wormholes another hypothetical objects okay the einstein mm. rosen bridge still there on the paper never found it never able to replicate it for that matter okay mm-hmm. so uh what einstein said is if we are able to uh, if uh, we have the space time fabric okay mm. and if we are able to create an object dense enough or if we are able to warp the space time somehow okay there is a possibility that we can go from one place to another with the speed faster than light oh okay so the typical uh, explanation in every movie because that's the best i would say so if this is the uh, space time fabric we are dealing with okay if we want to reach if we are holding like this and if we want to reach from place there to here okay mm. so we'll mm. have to roam the whole thing around like that but mm. instead if we pierce the space time fabric like that mm. we can go right through it yes, you know yes 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 and mm. that would be even if the even if light goes through that way mm. it will take more time than us to reach if we found a wormhole that way you know mm. so wormholes or the einstein rosen bridge okay so these things are as i said they're still hypothetical nobody found about them but then hopefully the way einstein found the uh, you know the phenomena around the black hole hopefully we'll be able to find that someday and the day we do that i think the traveling would be really really cheap <laughs> <laughs> no because uh... considering the wormhole like uh, i came across this one hypothetical assumption that if mm-hmm. if you are uh, able to travel faster than light so that is not possible because you will have to transfer your all mass, mass into protons protons not, sorry right but uh, right. keeping aside the fact so let us see if you have a kind of technology that lets you travel faster than the speed of the light and you somehow mm. manage to pass through the black hole so you will find a passage of a wormhole design that is going to lead you to the parallel universe the white hole yes white so, hole so it is a i would say kind of repulsive mechanism like the black repulsive hole repulsive mechanism absorbs. like a black hole mm, black yes, hole absorbs white hole, hole exerts just puts out puts out exactly so if you come out of that with that particular mm-hmm. speed you won't be able to go inside again you will be always inside Hmm. Thrown outside. So considering yes, yes, that yes. I 
like that was my assumption about the wormhole itself so if you can if you are able to pass but finally it boils down that uh, everything leads to the singularity like we our math is a singularity maturity. is what i'll tell you how at at how many levels it is complicated i'll tell you okay mm-hmm. so when we are dealing with uh, the black hole okay if we if we manage to enter a black hole let's say okay and the other part of it is a white hole or something like that okay mm-hmm. so even if we are able to because if we have to warp a space time fabric okay so it is the black holes are the only densest objects in the universe okay which are going to warp the space time fabric so i don't think so there are any other way okay that uh, by which we can warp the space time fabric and if we are going near the black hole and if we are entering through it and to come out of the white hole on the other side okay mm. the gravity itself is going to kill you so badly because <laughs> yes because just imagine the gravity that dense that it will act differently on your legs and act di- differently on your body you mm. know so the way the way people have pictureized or uh, described it i would say okay then mm. you will be stretched like a noodle oh due to the gravity because your upper end is still outside or on the event horizon and your if your legs are entering into the black hole or the singularity mm. the gravity is going to be so bad okay <laughs> that is going to act different on your upper body and act different on your low body Oh. So even if we manage to do something like that, that someday we'll go near the black holes and we'll enter the black holes. Hopefully, that will come out of a white hole on the other side and all that. But then I don't think so. There is surpass uh, no like we can ever surpass the gravity that intense, you know. Mm. So eventually, I think it will kill you only. Yes. that is the reason no. in that theory they were speaking of that if you are able to travel faster than light and my assumption itself there was that you cannot travel faster than light because you will have to transfer all of your mass into form of the uh, protons so it is protons. nearly impossible but even if you get yes. on that side and if you spot the parallel universe you can actually mm-hmm. meet yourself on the different scenario yes. like if you are empathetic on in that universe you might be uh, very unempathetic or a very no, no, bad here you are making a mistake here 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 you are making a mistake see mm-hmm. uh, black holes uh, black holes can uh, in wormholes there is no singularity okay okay ah. wormholes are just the shortcuts oh, 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 oh. wormholes are just the shortcuts so even mm-hmm. if you are entering a wormhole and coming out of the other side you'll be in the same universe you will not mm. going to find yourself in that universe again oh. you know that is the difference that uh, will be dealing with but uh, in black hole as i said ki if we have to uh, you know if we have to pierce the space time fabric through and through wish mm. mm. and if we need if we have something that dense the black holes are the, are the only option and i don't mm. think so that 
it is ever happening that uh, or if even if it happens anywhere near the black hole that it has warped the space time and we're able to see it still we won't be able to figure out how to go there, how to reach there and how to you know figure out things over there mm and now uh, coming to our today's last question so mm. ever since you have uh, came across a lot of i would say uh, celestial explorations using the telescope which one was specifically your favorite your personal favorite oh the owl nebula i would say the oh. owl nebula actually uh, me and my friend went dias okay so we have mm. spent a lot of time and in that uh, owl nebula so basically when we uh, do the astrophotography okay how's the process i'll tell you so we have we have to build a mount which mm. cancels or nullifies the earth's rotation basically okay it mm. will rotate at the speed of earth tracking that particular star okay. okay because we don't want the star trails obviously in the photograph mm. if we want to uh, particularly ma- uh, picture one object mm. so like that uh, on that mount uh, we had tracked owl nebula for almost 1 hour 40 minutes and oh. during yes during that 1 uh, hour 40 minutes like small small frames of 10 seconds 15 seconds like that okay because if you'll keep the shutter open for 1 hour 40 minutes it's going just going to be white that's it okay okay it's not going to shoot anything you have to be there and you have to click small small photographs like 10 minutes uh, 5 seconds 10 seconds like that mm. and then you have to stack them on each other okay uh, like uh, literally put them digitally on each other so mm. that's where that color comes out you know and that was the most fascinating result i would say that i have ever gotten the <laughs> owl nebula so i i love nebulae okay mm. but then uh, owl nebula is one of my favorites for sure mm. yes they are uh, like the i think the pictures that we see are kind of synthesized to some degrees but they have mm. a lot of colors like way more than uh, yes there are in any other so, celestial yeah so this happens to uh, It, this happens with me a lot of times okay when people see the pictures that we flick so they are like you're even i want to see it through your telescope and all mm-hmm. like if you if you're thinking that through a telescope also you're going to see something like this then that is not a case at all mm-hmm. through the telescope you just see the black and white image of that particular thing exactly. you know unless unless it's something like mars or something which uh, apparent like very visibly appears red you know mm. otherwise you are not going to see any colors or anything like that you have to have that data to you know process and stack the images on each other in order to create that particular image that or that you to get that color in that image mm. and uh, i think uh, people should actually you know engage in such kind of things you know why because uh, according to me it is going to make you question your existence because if our universe is so expansive it is even expanding at the moment it is at yes. such an expansive state at that point of time a person is going to realize the existence of their well being like uh, humans become quite i would say petty 
living on the earth just you know <laughs> not considering the <laughs> fact that they are a small not even speck i would say a speck of exactly speck when you compare exactly. these things <laughs> and uh, even just like the i would say the space exploration the deep sea exploration is also very very fascinating like oh yes even i'm looking for such kind of person to you know uh, interact with that now it is not possible uh, to talk with a person at the moment who has done the deep challenger mission okay so i think that is james cameron not the deep alive. challenger but i can i can uh, i can uh, suggest to someone uh, mm-hmm. with whom we can talk about all these things yeah because these things actually like force you to question your existence i you know because if someone egoistic comes in front of you and if you are aware of all of these things you will understand that this person's ego is not even uh, you know as the size of the mercury but uh, <laughs> the uh, the veracity and the things that the person is speaking is like way above your head that is the reason i came across this article where it is said that if you read a lot of books related to all of these stuffs you will automatically grow knowledgeable than the people around you like yeah of course two or three books i would say just two or three so first one i would say is obviously carl sagan and uh, uh, the cosmos oh my Co- god yeah. so good uh, after that uh, stephen hawking's obviously both the, the grand, books theory of everything the and black holes no the grand design go with the grand design as well Another okay, I haven't book. read that one. I have to. And, and then, if you are Tyson. interested, ah yes, and the Parallel Worlds by Michio Kaku, another mm. masterpiece. Yeah, these people another actually master. have spent their entire lives uh, exploring this stuff. So you can yes. like a uh, hour full of conversation with these people will be like the most mind blowing. Like even today. i would say it was very mind blowing because when like minded people speak of such sort of things very few people are inclined towards this naturally but those are very very mind blowing those are very very mind blowing i'll tell you even today i didn't know about this pulsars and uh, many more concepts i actually got to know about this today like uh, i am like i would say my knowledge is not even 1% since we both are engineers our field is not even close still we make a constant effort to you know learn about this field yes. so i one would yes, like yes. to encourage the audience to do it as well because if uh, anyone is looking forward to learn about space this is like i would say the best hobby after that uh, yeah. you know people who like uh, roaming hiking or trekking will be also you, like it will feel stupid to you because you are constantly <laughs> taking a telescope in the car going and mounting in somewhere in the forest and like many you know you that can, yes hmm. you can spend hours with a telescope and you know just get amused like it is a i will i would say a fruitful investment like uh, minimum how much would it cost like around 20 30000 rupees uh, a good telescope with a good power if you want to buy no uh, mm. or the one which i have i have mm. a very uh, not an entry level but a moderate telescope i would say okay, okay? so that would cost you around 40 to 45000 each mm-hmm. and if if we are talking about the schmidt cassegrains and all then that mm. is going to cost you a lot like in lakhs mm. and then if you even want to go further 
you can go with that radio telescope yeah so this was definitely a mindful session and i would like to thank you aditya for you know sparing your time and actually we were My pleasure act- trying uh, since the two days to you know arrange our timings but uh, something or the other came in the picture yeah, but yeah, it is fine yeah. we finally have done it <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. okay yeah so uh, thank you yes. for this podcast so thank you for watching goodbye yes bye